Welcome to Mamosas. I hope you have your friends and your drinks nearby. You're here with Kristen. And Talia. And we are excited to talk about all things mom. Today, we thought we'd start off talking about the type of parents we thought we would be versus the type of parents we actually are. So what is one thing for you, Talia, that you thought you would be one way on and then you ended up doing a complete 180? Well, uh, (laughs) uh, when I was growing up, I grew up uh, with a single mom and we co-slept for probably the first three years of my life. And then we just kind of had an open door policy as far as if I ever had a nightmare, I could just come into my mom's bed and spend the night. And being that I'm not a single mom and I like my space and I like my husband and we like to, you know, have sex every now and again, I always thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with co-sleeping, but I think we're not going to necessarily want to do that. Yeah. And when Sky was a baby, we had her in our room and she was in the little rock and play for about four months and then a side sleeper. And my goal was always to get her into her crib, you know, get that kid in the crib so I could reclaim my bed. And we have been pretty much consistent co-sleepers for about three and a half years. Right. <laughs> So uh, it's not exactly what I had in mind. And we just recently got her a quote unquote big girl bed. And she has been enjoying that until recently. She uh, a little curveball thrown at us. So she's back in our bed. I was just, you know, thinking, wow, this is night three after being out of our bed for about at least three or four weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. But even that still, you know, one of us is usually going into bed with her at least a couple of times a night. She had a pretty good run there for a while, though, where she would go to sleep at 830 and wake up at seven. And you were like, what happened? That's true. Well, and yeah, because I think she was running ragged. So if we could bring that child back, that would be much appreciated. But, you know, so she lies in our king size bed and she turns herself horizontal and she you know, jams her head into my husband's armpit and kicks my face or vice versa. You know, Todd woke up this morning very unhappy because he said he was getting kicked all night. Meanwhile, she was all the way on his side. I slept like a dream. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes co-sleeping ain't that bad. A little give and take. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably the big thing that I always thought that I would not be doing as much of. And here we are just... Very, very strong going. Well, our sleep situation was not what I originally anticipated either. I mean, I definitely thought I would be hardcore, cry it out, enjoy yourself. You will not ever come into my room. And Nate stayed with us for five weeks and then I put him in his own crib and he did fine. And then he went through this the great sleep regression of 2015. <laughs> And he woke up every 45 minutes and Pat was not here. So I was up with him. And since I was the only person there, I would just nurse him because it was the easiest thing to do. And obviously that led me to terrible habits. And so then he couldn't go to sleep without nursing and blah, blah, blah. 
but I had gotten in my head that sleep training was the worst thing you could do and you might as well just feed your kid bleach because uh, it's just as bad. (laughs) So I finally did a not actual version of sleep training where I would go in and I just wouldn't nurse him. So I'd rock with him and I would sing to him and I would tell him how much I loved him. He was 10 months, I think. I remember that. But after three nights, he basically was like, get out of my room. If I'm not going to get that boob. Give me that boob or take a hike, lady. Yeah, boob or bust. So he finally started sleeping through the night again because he was sleeping through the night at five weeks. And then at five months is when he gave it all up. So I thought I would be a lot more diligent about that than I was. But then when our second came along, I set up good sleep habits, good sleep habits pretty early, mm-hmm. but then he was sleeping too much. So <laughs> then I had to start waking him up to nurse him. So then I did actually just do a hardcore sleep training with him. But I'll tell you what, I mean, part of it is his personality, but he's a great sleeper. I mean, we do our bedtime routine. He goes to his crib, he chats to himself for a little while and he goes to bed like he's totally fine. And he's probably the happiest kid I've ever seen. My oldest, who does not sleep as well, we never sleep trained him. It takes him forever to go to sleep. He wakes up with the sun. I think he's up before the sun most nights. Um, I would say his disposition is not as happy. I doubt either of it has to do with sleep, but I was so afraid that sleep training my kids would make them like very unhappy. And anecdotally, that is not what happened in our house. so debunked right and as we'll all come to find out i have a very weird obsession with the brain so this is true i was happy to see that their brain survived the sleep training and the sleep regression of 2015 that was horrendous i don't know how any of us survived that i just remember you texting us that you wanted to jump out the window yeah at like two in the morning As I'm getting, like, as I'm nursing and getting beat in the face. My God. Ugh. So what's another thing? Let's see. Um, I think for me, another thing, just to jump right in and interrupt you. Do it. I always thought I would be this, like, hardcore, super strict, you know, no bullshit mom. And it's not that I'm not, but I whatever we were doing was not working with Nate. And so I started looking into positive parenting and I mean, it's been a huge help and I don't know if it's going to work for Finley. Like, I don't know if this approach will work for Finley. I don't see why it wouldn't, but I have become much calmer than I anticipated I would be and have learned to really like ignore the garbage behavior, which I actually don't think I was terrible about before. But just like junk behavior that doesn't really matter, like Mm -hmm. being loud or just like doing kid things and just ignoring that and really focusing on the positive stuff. And also one of the huge things that has worked for Nate is instead of saying, hey, don't hit. If you hit, we're not going to the park. Instead of phrasing it that way, turning it and saying, hey, bud, why do we keep our hands to ourselves? That's right. We keep our hands to ourselves because it hurts others. So if you can keep your hands to yourself, we can go to the park and stay there for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so then he gets really excited. He gets a reward. And then when we're at the park, I'll tell him, 
okay, I expect you to keep your hands to yourself. If you keep your hands to yourself, we'll stay here for the entire 30 minutes. And if he hits, I don't even make a scene. I don't yell at him. I literally just pick him up and say, okay, bud, it's time to go. And I put him in the stroller and we leave. And that has been a hundred times more effective than anything I've done over the last two and a half years. Well, and it just reshapes, reframes everything and turns it to be not so life or death. Right. You know, I've always found that as a teacher too. If you can spin it in a positive way, it makes such a big difference. There's no reason to, you know, humiliate or embarrass a child. Right. You know, and I think a lot of times like just yelling at a kid like that sometimes is just like they're not getting anything out of it. It's, you know, and, and you're some, a lot of times I find myself like when I get worked up at like something that a kid does, if I can just take like a, like a breath and just like take a moment and just calm myself down, then I can be more rational. But like when I'm responding on anger or impulse, I make no sense. Like I literally rambled today for five minutes at a kid that I was ready to throw out the window and then he left and I just thought to myself, I just started laughing because I was like, what the hell was that? What did I just say? What came out of my mouth? Verbal diarrhea. And it's hard too, because when you first start trying to rephrase things that way, it's really hard not to say, don't do this. Stop doing that. It's so like you catch yourself constantly with how negative your phrasing is. Mm -hmm. But that was the thing for me was learning that positive parenting isn't um, just letting your kids run buck wild. It's setting limits in a way that makes more sense for them. And the book that I'm reading now, so I've read a lot of books um, and some of them I did not like. Most of them I've liked, but I'm reading No Drama Discipline now. And in this one, they talk about how there's punishment and then there's discipline and discipline comes from the word disciples and disciples means to teach. So our job as parents is to teach our kids, which makes sense, right? Like that feels like a really obvious statement, but actually I've never thought of it that way. That's actually very interesting. And so now when he starts acting up, I think, okay, he's three. He's only three. He's only three and a half years old. He doesn't, why is he acting this way? It's not because he's trying to drive me crazy. Have I been giving him enough attention is he really excited about something? Has Is he overstimulated? Like, there's a lot of reasons. It's not, he's just, just trying to be defiant. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I mean, we still go through our ebbs and flows. But I thought I would be a much more stern and, like, yell at my kids kind of parent, which is kind of like a weird thought. But now that I'm in it, I get actually very annoyed when anyone raises their voice towards my kid. You know, like, even if it's not malicious, right? But if, like, they're playing together and our two kids get into something and they're like, Nate, da-da-da. I'm like, ugh, you're just making it worse. Well, and, I mean, a lot of times I think people take from their own parenting, or from your parents' parenting, I should say. Yeah. You you know, so you've said that your parents, you know, your mom was a yeller. Yeah, I mean, my mom was really strict. Or strict, okay. Here's the thing is that, um, yes, my mom did yell, but I was a super easy kid. Like, she would say, don't miss the bus, and I'd say, all right, I'm not interested in knowing the consequence, so I'm going to do whatever you say. 
So I didn't get yelled at very much, if that makes sense. Yeah, but she was strict. So I wonder if maybe that's why you were imagining yourself to be a strict parent, because that's how you were raised. I mean, I know for myself, my mom was very lovey-dovey, hippy-dippy, and I always thought that's what I'm going to be like. Right. And I and I will say, like, you know, you can't hold me back from smothering my kid in kisses, but I think right. that's probably most parents anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is my goal is I'm still strict. I'm still going to set boundaries. Like, you're not going to get away with much on my watch, but also you are going to be very sure that you are loved. And I'm going to try really hard to understand you. Yeah. And I think you do a good job with that. I mean, from what I've seen with you and Nate, especially, you've worked so hard with him on making sure that he felt like he was getting his needs met and he was being heard. And I think that's just such a big thing. It's just being heard. Yes. I mean, how many times do you talk to somebody and you're just getting so frustrated as an adult because right. it's just, ugh, this person does not understand at all what I'm talking about. They're completely missing the message. Yeah. Or, you know, just being able to have somebody actually hear you and then respond appropriately is just such a breath of fresh air. So, I mean, we're all human. We all want that. We all want to be loved. We all want to be understood. We all want acceptance. Yes. He's just three wanting those things. Right. He's just three and he doesn't know how to say hey, just give me attention. I'm really frustrated right now. I feel overwhelmed right now. He's three. He doesn't know how to say any of that. I can tell him that. I can say, hey, bud, you're really overwhelmed right now. Why don't we go sit down in your calm down tent and listen to our rainbow song? Oh, I love the calm down tent. It has been very effective for him. Well, Sky got a tent uh, the other day at a yard sale, but all she does in it is hide and then tells us to feast our eyes on this as she pretends to moon us <laughs> so uh it's probably yeah. the best thing that you've taught your kid that uh, and, and and i can't to, even take and to put this her shirt over her nose when someone farts oh my god <laughs> that well that's classic and she hasn't done that in a while unfortunately i completely forgot that she used to do that that was so funny how old was she when she was doing that it's like two two and a half okay that was I, great she well, started doing it while you were still in the hospital Right. Well, and I will say that my husband has like the most disgusting farts like ever known to any other person. We always say it's like a combination of like somebody just ate like a chorizo burrito, drank some grape soda, had a bran muffin and then like let it fester for like five days. And then Todd had a fart. I mean, it is so bad. I think I did just vomit a little bit. Your face really did say it all. Uh, it's too bad people couldn't see your face because that was the very accurate <laughs> description. Uh, yes. So unfortunately, I can't take credit for the feast your eyes on this. My uh, friend's six-year-old can take credit for that one. That's awesome. But but it was very funny when he was doing it. And he was five at the time in kindergarten. And he was actually pulling his pants down and mooning us so at funny. home. And we would just laugh and stuff like that. And then I said to him one day, I said, you're, I said, I hope you're not doing that at school. And the mom just kind of responded with, ha, ha, ha. Wait, you're not doing that at school, are you? <laughs> and I just, it was a great genuine moment of like, oh, crap, is my kid doing this? I mean, I think it's funny as parents and as a teacher, especially. Yeah, because uh, you see both sides. Oh, yeah. And kids are such parrots. I mean, the things that some kids say, it's. I have this one student right now that's just 
very, she talks well above her, her pay grade. And it's like this, I was like, this is your, your parents coming out right now. Yeah. Things that you're saying, you have no clue what you're saying. This is an adult speaking. Fascinating that you hear this. I love it. Uh, but I always think about that, you know, cause I was, my mom was a big swearer and I swear a fair amount. Mostly uh, with you actually. Too. I know I bring it out in people. Well, but the thing about it was that I, I don't think I swore in school. I mean, you'd have to ask my teachers, but I did swear at home quite a bit. And Sky, interestingly enough, Todd and I swear around her, and she repeats a lot of things. She does not repeat swear words. I have noticed that. I don't know why. (laughs) I try really hard not to swear at home. I am not amazing about it, but I do try to filter myself. I have noticed that Nate has not said any of them yet. He accidentally did one time, but it... (laughs) He was go on. He was a little over two, and I was vacuuming, and I thought it was just me. I thought he was downstairs with Pat, and I vacuumed up my iPhone charger, and I was like, "Oh, f bomb!" It like so I like you know the oh fudge, but I didn't actually say fudge. So then the real one. <laughs> In case the kids are listening. So then he comes running down the hall like screams the word exactly how I said it and I was like that was on me and then you had another f-bomb right basically so but that's the only time he ever said it and it was because I had screamed it you know so he hasn't said it since then I've been trying really hard to monitor myself around the kids when it comes to that well, I would say that if uh, Sky ever were to repeat a swear word, to not make a big thing out of it, because as soon as you tell her to not say that again, for the next 20 minutes, that's all she's saying. Well, and we've been running into this with the word stupid. So mm. our neighbor has a son that's Nate's age and then has an older boy. And so, of course, the older boy taught it to the younger one. And then the younger one was saying it. And so Nate said it. And I was kind of like, let's not give it much attention but then right you know it's obviously driving their mom crazy that they're saying it all the time and so then nate and that little boy got in trouble for saying it and she made this big stink about it which is fine and so now he's says it all the time like he was just laying in bed the other day going you're stupid you're stupid and just like saying it and i was like oh i don't know how to address this so every time he says it, he says, Mommy, you want to say you're stupid? I say, no, but in our house, we treat people with kindness. So we don't say those kind of words. They're hurtful. And that's it. So that's just my like dialogue every time. And yeah. I, hopefully he'll drop it soon. Well, I think if you don't give it any uh, attention, positive or negative, I think what you're doing is great. Just reframing it. No, we use positive words. We say kind things about our friends and our family and then done. Yeah. So one other parenting thing I was thinking about was I always thought I would be a working mom. So I thought I would have, which again, probably comes from my upbringing. Both of my parents Mm -hmm. worked. I thought I would work full time and then, you know, the kids would go to daycare and all this stuff. And so I do have, I do work from home. I wouldn't say it's a full-time job because I don't take in a full-time salary. But at this point, so with Nate, we put him in daycare and I was able to work more. But then I don't consider my income enough to justify having two kids in daycare. 
So I would now consider myself a stay-at-home mom with, like, a side hustle, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, so it's kind of a weird place for me because I'm very career and job-oriented, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm home most of the day. And so I feel like at this point, being a mom is my job, which is why I read so many books and why... We have a schedule with pictures on it and why we have sensory bin activities. And I send you activities all the time for Sky. (laughs) But I think that's just you in general. I mean, because not all stay-at-home parents are like that. You are a rare breed in that that regard, which is great. I love that every morning before Nate gets up uh, or the night before you've made some sort of activity for him to do while he's eating his breakfast or something like that that's unique and that's very cool yeah i found that online i try to do it. he's not super into it i mean there's a couple that i can get him to do but mostly he doesn't love it well on that regard i so i work full-time i'm a teacher and my husband todd stays home with sky I always thought that we too would be sending our kids to daycare and he and I would both be working, but he has not worked since Sky was about eight months old. He is a carpenter and is currently a stay at home parent. And it is very hard for me not to try to micromanage their day. Yes. Which is something about this on another episode later too, but it is really hard because I want to also micromanage Pat. But I'm like, if you tried to micromanage me, that's a hard pass. Correct. So then I don't. I mean, I think I do a really good job of restraining myself. I, too, restrain myself quite a bit. And there are some things that I have to just, I can't hold it in any longer. I have to just say, this needs to change. But for the most part, he does a great job. Uh, There is a little more of uh, iPad watching and movie watching that I would like more than I would like to see, but it has gotten better. So I think, you know, lots. I think the difference there too, is that you and I are the researchers of the couple, right? Like you have the childhood background because you're a teacher and it's more in your nature to kind of look into stuff as we've already Mm -hmm. learned. I'm really obsessed with this stuff. And so it feels like, Oh, this is so obvious this is so obvious. Why wouldn't you do this? But no, it's not obvious to him because he's not researching it like you are. Right. And it's, and it's not obvious to every person. And a lot of times it's just sort of a day-to-day survival sort of feeling, which is, I couldn't even imagine having every day of waking up and just going, I have a blank slate. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, when I walk into work and I don't have any lessons in my plan book, I have like, little bit of an anxiety attack. So, and also on the weekends when I'm home, I want to have at least something going into each day that I can look forward to or that I can plan for uh, just a blank slate day. I mean, some of those days are awesome and they're needed. Yeah. I definitely can't appreciate a day where we have nothing on the agenda and it's just going to be lounging around all day. But at the same time, I need some plans. Well, and I think that, that there's kind of two different I mean I don't want to I don't want to blanket statement right like I'm sure there's a gray area here but for the most part there's generally like two different camps 
of stay-at-home parents, right? There's kind of the one camp of let's have a routine, let's have a schedule, let's know what we're doing, and the other camp of we'll just kind of play it by ear. And I don't think either camp is wrong. I think it really depends on the kid, to be honest. I mean, you sure. as, you as the parent have to survive. So if you're somebody... I can't have a blank. I'm like you. Like I cannot wake up with a blank slate because if I had to do that day over and over and over, I would fall into a depression. So for my sanity, I have to make plans. Additionally, I don't think Finley could care either way. Like if we go out or if we stay home, he's fine. But Nate needs activities. He can't, mm-hmm. you can't just wake up and be like, we're just going to hang out at home today, bud. And let's uh, read some books. He's like, no. So that kind of forces you in that sense to have a plan yeah. going forward. So that way there are activities for him to do. Exactly. We're in Sky's case. She's kind of like Finley. We could stay home and chill all day. We can go somewhere. It doesn't really matter. And a lot of times Todd's taken her to Lowe's or Target right. But, yeah. but that's fine just to get out of the house. I think it's good for him too. I mean, I know for me, I I definitely can easily fall into that depression sort of state of just, I'm not going to put on any pants today. Right. Or, you know, whatever. And I don't know, I don't know what it's like, obviously, to be a stay-at-home dad. And I still, for myself, use the term stay-at-home mom lightly because I am a work-from-home mom. But I would, again, still qualify myself as a stay-at-home mom first. Well, but the nice thing about being a stay-at-home mom versus a stay-at-home dad is there's all these different groups and communities that you can participate in. And not that Todd couldn't participate in as well, but guarantee he would probably be one of the few, if not the only man. He'd be like Joel from Parenthood. He'd be revered. Everyone would love him. Oh, 100%. And he probably would love it because he has no issue being everyone's go-to guy. Right. But at the same time, there's some reason for what, well, there's reasons why we don't take Sky into groups like that, which again, will be discussed later. But I think that also just the idea of going into a group like that is a little overwhelming to him. I'm sure because I think for me, one of the motivating factors, like when I went to breastfeeding support group that first time and everything is that I understand that hormones make you insane after you've had a kid. Mm. I I feel like that's almost a fact of life. I felt pretty unscathed after Nate, but I also was very proactive. So I was like, okay, I don't have visitors anymore. I need to get up and get out. And so I was not having any issues breastfeeding, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm breastfeeding. Let's go to breastfeeding support. That's something to do. Exactly. Oh, God, I remember looking forward to those, whatever day it was. Whatever I think day it was on week. Thursdays. I was going to say, I wanted to say Thursday, but that was definitely like the highlight of the week. Yeah. Of just like being able to go out and be with other moms. And I remember when Sky was gone, she was probably like 14 months or something. And I remember going and nobody that I knew was there. And it was all these like brand new babies. And I felt just so out of place. And so I thought, okay, I'll try the like the nighttime one. And so I went to that. I convinced another friend to go with me. And all of those kids were like Sky and Nate's age now. Oh, yeah. And then we had like the 14 month olds. And they were like running all over the place. And then 
you know, popping up for a, a little taste and then running off. And everyone was like eating Jack in the box and like complaining about their husbands. And I just thought, this also is not the group for me. I really, that was something I really struggled with, with the support groups was that you have to have a place to vent about your husband's. I totally agree with that. And especially with people being in the same part of life. So you're kind of going through that same struggle. But I had a really hard time because I've always said to myself, I don't want to be someone that complains about my husband. I don't want to resent my husband. Mm -hmm. So of course, like, yes, he's going to do things that drive me crazy. And of course, I'm going to verbalize him once in a while. But I mean, it's just really hard for me to go somewhere knowing that all we're going to do is talk crap about our husbands. There was a lot of husband bashing. So, that and again, true. it's hard because I'm not demonizing people for doing that, right? Again, like you have to have a safe place to vent and not every relationship is like our relationship. Mm-hmm. But it was just, that was one of those things that I was like, I can't, I cannot get in on this. And I'm also super annoying to talk to about it because I'm always like, oh, did you tell your husband that? Oh, I don't have a solution for you. Just tell your husband. (laughs) But it's not always that easy for some people. I understand that not all relationships operate that way. Yeah, I just remember listening to this woman talk about how I think she was like super sleep deprived. She had an older kid and then a baby. And the husband was like extremely not supportive and very unhelpful with everything. And she was waking up constantly to change the diapers to nurse to get the other kid ready for the day to take them to school and then she said i just remember her talking about being there and just sitting down and holding her baby and crying just feeling so unsupported yeah, like that's so and then I thought, horrible to feel that ha- way has she said anything like other yeah. than to us And all these women are, you know, oh, I'll come over and I'll help you. I'll hold the baby while you take a shower. Oh, let's set up a a time where we can all get together. And while that's really helpful and supportive and great and should absolutely happen, when the question was asked, well, what does your husband say about this? And she just kind of said, oh, we haven't talked about it. And I thought, well, step one. (laughs) Right. And it is hard, too, when... I'm impressed sometimes that a person can go that long without saying anything. Oh my God. I do try to calmly approach the subject, right? So like in the moment I get really mad. So I take a breath and I say, okay, I'll talk about this later when I'm ready. And I, that's not everyone's approach. That's just how I do it. But there are times where I just had my second baby and I am super sleep deprived and I am ready to kill everyone. So I don't know how you're keeping that to yourself. I mean, I remember after we had Finley, I could tell that Pat was really tired because he was the one getting up with Nate at the crack of dawn. And Mm -hmm. he would get up in the night when Finley would wake up and he would change him and then bring him to me and I would nurse him and then I would put him back to bed. And I could tell that he was super, super tired. And so I tried one night to, to get up by myself. I was like four or five days postpartum. I tried one night to get up by myself and just do all the nursing and not have Pat get up. And he didn't ask me to. I could just, again, I could just tell he was really tired. And it didn't work. It did not work for me. I made myself sick and I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. 
And so I told him next day, hey, I'm really sorry. I know you're super tired. I tried to get up all night. I can't do it. Uh, I just gave birth to an eight pound, five ounce baby. So I need you to get up. <laughs> so I'm very impressed that somebody can just not lose their mind for that long. Well, I know for myself, I have a horrible poker face. So when I'm pissed, it is fairly obvious. Yeah. Like I get, you know, and Todd and I have had many conversations about not being passive aggressive with one another, which I can really appreciate because for many, many years, we've been together for 11 years and the passive aggressive thing, I just don't have time for it. I don't have the patience for it. I used to do it too. And it sucks for us. It got us nowhere. Mind game. It like, just didn't get you anywhere. Yeah, and it's who's gonna, who's going to apologize first? Who's going to go? Who's going to talk first? Like I remember having situations with him years ago, where it was we're obviously both fuming at one another, and just like making this vow to myself that I will not speak to him first. And it's <laughs> like who wants to live like that? But uh, so yeah, so just very much we are all about saying your piece saying it in a kind way, you know, a way that's not demeaning to the other person. And I do find that sometimes taking a little break and just figuring out what is it that you really need to say to this person. Right. That's not just reaming them, you know, what, what would be helpful, constructive feedback for what you're not getting. And sometimes doing that, I realize, okay, I'm not actually mad at you. You didn't do anything. I'm mad at the situation. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm pissed at you. That was really crappy. And I oh, my God. Angry. We just had a situation like that the other last weekend. We went on a family vacation and we our our credit card got or our room got charged falsely. And the hotel was trying to make us pay for somebody else's breakfast and mimosas, which holla, I would have happily had one. But I did not drink that. So I shall not be paying for it. No one was offering. Yeah, rude. So, but Todd didn't read the itemized bill. He signed off on it and, you know, handed it to me. And I was looking through the itemized list and just saying, wait a second, hold on. This isn't, this isn't right. This is, this wasn't us, blah, blah, blah. And, and he took that as you're stupid you know, you didn't look at this, you're dumb, right. I'm so mad at you, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm fighting with the hotel, and meanwhile he's, you know, you know, sulking. And I thought afterwards, I said to him, I said, what's going on? Why are, why are you being weird? And he said, well, you were attacking me. And I just said, okay, we're going to have a, a conversation about this. Yeah. So because I want to know where you're coming from, and I also want you to know where I'm coming from. And it was one of those situations where I was upset at what happened and I immediately got into like that advocate for everyone mode of like, we're going to fix this and you can't bully us. Yeah. And he took that as Talia thinks I'm dumb. So communication. Yeah. At least you guys talked about it instead of stewing on it for two hours. Oh, we sure did on the car ride home from San Diego all the way to Ventura. Hey, oh, you can't run. (laughs) Do you have any more things I mean, that I, I feel like thought... this is going to come up in like a ton of episodes anyway? Oh, about me and how I thought I would parent differently. Well, both of us. I think it's a common oh, theme yeah. when you're talking about being a mom, when you're on mom mode. For sure. 
For sure. I mean, I will definitely say that eating and food wise, like we are definitely doing different things. I always told Todd that we would not be a short order cook, that dinner is what dinner is. And if you don't like it, then it'll be in the refrigerator for you for breakfast. Right. And we'll just say that this afternoon, Sky asked for pizza and Todd had made a bunch of pancakes that are soft and fluffy and he made a pancake pizza which she clearly was not that interested in obviously right but you know we've gone to restaurants before because she wants something in particular then we get there and order it and she doesn't eat it you know, and that was always something that I vowed to never do. But as you will hear in later episodes, Sky has some medical issues. So that is probably why we cave to that so easily. Yeah. Mitigating circumstances. Okay, yes. let's do some end of the podcast questions. Okay. All right. What is the most hilarious thing that your kid did today? Um, oh God, she did one today that made me laugh so hard. You, you could, you say yours first. I'm thinking she okay. had one. It was so good. So normally when Nate goes to bed, he wants us to leave the door open until he falls asleep. And he tells us when you go to bed, shut my door. Okay, fine. The last two nights when Pat leaves the room, he tells Pat to shut the door. And so today Pat said, Okay, mommy's going to be right in. And he goes, daddy, shut my door. Pat goes, I'm going to leave it open because mommy's going to be right in. He goes, no, dad, shut my door. Like it was a very like, <laughs> did I stutter kind of moment. <laughs> but he wasn't like being mean or anything. He was just saying like, hey, it sounds like you didn't hear what I said, bro. Shut my door. <laughs> shut the door. <laughs> That is hilarious. Uh, well, this is not at all what I was thinking of, but this is a funny thing that Skye uh, did tonight. So lately, as her active defiance, when she doesn't want to do something, she has started just blowing raspberries on people. So she'll grab your face and blow a raspberry or your arm or whatever. Oh, gosh. And Todd was getting very irritated tonight that she would not go down for bed. And we're lying there in the dark. And then all of a sudden you hear this little, like, <laughs> and he's trying to ignore it and i'm shaking the bed probably because i'm trying to not laugh right but i'm just like laughing hysterically and then it gets really quiet and then you hear <laughs> and then a little fart comes out and then a very loud papa i tooted and then she farted again and she said i tooted again and i was like <laughs> is like gonna throw her out the bed he's oh, so done with her but and so I just yeah and I was trying not to laugh because I was just wetting myself I think bedtime always brings out either the most hilarious or most annoying of our kids oh for sure I mean I have a video of Sky and it's pitch black but it's her singing head shoulders knees and toes and it's <laughs> super late everyone is annoyed and she's singing head shoulders knees and toes I mean, Nate is asleep with his daily schedule right now. Which was hysterical. <laughs> Kristen sent me a picture of her son holding his very sweet daily schedule that she has made for him because he loves it so much. Way to go, Mom. 
Well, he came to the top of the stairs and asked for food. And I said, nope, we'll have food at breakfast tomorrow. Do you need to look at your schedule? And he said, yes. So I showed it to him. And then he said, I need to bring this to bed. <laughs> I said, okay. And you said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What was the most annoying thing you had to deal with with your kid today? Uh, okay. It wasn't today, but it was yesterday. So it still counts. Yeah. I, we should, I should rephrase <laughs> these two this week. Okay, so uh, like I said in our introduction, Kristen is a certified personal trainer, and she runs an amazing online boot camp group. And uh, I have been super unmotivated recently. Oh, I guess up until recently. Uh, I just hadn't been really doing myself justice. I've been phoning it in. And so a friend and I uh, got together via facebook messenger and we basically facetime with one another while we work out and she's on the group as well and that's been really working for me well so yesterday morning the alarm goes off at 6 a.m todd is dead to the world and sky wakes up and i said okay well i'm gonna go work out and todd basically looked at me like death warmed over and i said okay i'll take sky downstairs with me i put on a movie for her and i was going to just do my workout. Well, for every plank that I did, I had a little jabby elbow in my side. I almost hit her with the weights when I was doing a renegade row. <laughs> every time I wanted to do a burpee, she stood behind me and said, mama, you all done? We go outside now. And I was very irritated by her. Oh, that is so frustrating. I know you can relate to that one. I'm sure. Yes. Um, I would say mine what is so right now Finley is 15 months and he's starting to mimic some words so he can say up outside those are his two main words and he'll usually bring me his shoes and his hat when he wants to go outside so cute but otherwise you know he's only 15 months so it's not like he can verbalize himself very well so he just screams and he just, it's like all day, he just follows me around and screams at my feet. And I just want to blow my brains out listening to the screaming. <laughs> and it's, and it's, I would say also difficult because Nate was much worse about it. Like Nate always needed to be held and was at my feet screaming. And Finley's not as bad. Like he can entertain himself. So he really only does come over if he needs something. Mm -hmm. But the screaming just drives me so crazy. I mean, they both have this pitch that is very um, biologically accurate for getting my you <laughs> you you produce loud children. Oh I will gosh. say that they are both so loud. It was funny. So we had a bunch of people over for cake today for my birthday, and it was like fifteen kids just rolled in at one time and like tornadoed through, and I wasn't even phased. Didn't even bother me. And this one couple came, and they haven't older son who's eight or nine and and just the one kid and they were like wow you are very calm about this and i was like i'm gonna be honest i don't even hear it i mean i'm <laughs> listening for cries but otherwise I, joyful laughter playing yelling i don't care doesn't bother me they didn't call him tornate oh for right, nothing exactly he trained me well oh my god all yes. right. Well, thanks for listening and send us a message and let us know 
what was something that you thought you would be as a parent and you took a total 180 on? Looking forward to reading them. Have a great week. Bye.